Hi, my name is Betty Miller. I am the culinary coordinator here at Glorioso Zapatito. So if you took a hands-on class last year, you would remember me from being in the classroom, helping the chef out, helping students out. As of late, if you took a live virtual class, you would remember me as the moderator with the chef. Today we're in the living room at Appetito, and in honor of Glorioso's Italian Market 75th anniversary on February 14th, I have the incredible privilege to have two very special men here with me. I have Teddy Glorioso and his son, Michael. And we are going to take a trip down memory lane today. So Teddy, Michael, thank you for being with me. Um, Teddy, let's just start with you. Let's start with this trip. What do you remember Brady Street like February 14th, 1946? What was the atmosphere like then? Um, let me say this. In 1946, I was just 16 years old, and I can remember that Brady Street was more family-orientated. There was many, many, many Italians and a lot of Polish people in the neighborhood. We catered mostly to families. No just living uh what do you call them? Uh, single well, not only single people, but millennium. What do you call them? Millenniums. Millennials. Millennials. Mm -hmm. So that—that uh, that was what Brady Street was like in 1946. All right. So, were you? Um, was your family then living on Brady Street at that time? No. Uh, in 1946, I was still single and down in the third ward. Okay. And at the age of 20, I moved up to. Marshall Street and Brady Street. And I can remember that I was living at 1715 North Marshall Street, just off of Brady Street. All right. Very good. So um, let's talk about how the brothers decided to open up the Italian market. Where did that all start? That all started when uh, Brother Joe got back from the Army, and Eddie was already home from the service, and I was just, like I said, 16 years old, and I was working in a little Italian store down in the Third Ward, and uh, was going to vocational school one day a week. So we decided to go and open up this little store that was for sale on Brady Street, which was one little room which we are sitting in now, and uh, it was owned by a fellow by the name of Joseph Emanuele. We decided to uh, take hold of this little building and see what we can do with it with a loan from $5,000 from my dad's former boss was from Commission Row on Broadway. Wow. And that was February 14th. 1946, that we opened up Glorioso Brothers Company. Wow, that's pretty remarkable, $5,000. Think about that. So today I think we're worth a little bit more than that $5,000. I hope so, since you Thanks signed my paycheck. Thanks to my son, who has gone forward with the whole business 
Well, was Michael, my only son, my love of my life. Oh. And God bless him. God bless everybody. That's right. Thank God he's in in the business now or I might not have a job. So, you know, there's that. So, okay. Um, so what what do you remember? So I, I grew up coming to the store when I was young, but not to like the 70s. What was the store like? So originally were you just produce? No, what you are asking me is, what was our menu like? Yeah. Well, our menu like was consisted of Little deli, we made sandwiches, we had fresh meats, mm-hmm. and at 17 years old, I was capable of cutting a whole half of a cow and dissecting mm-hmm. it, making steaks, making leg- legs, soup bone, the whole bit. Um, I was also very, very capable of doing very, I would say like 15 feet of produce, very nice. If you come to the grocery store now, you can see pictures of what I used to do at 17 years old. And at, like I said, the most important thing that I liked about the old store was we used to sell cheese in little five-pound loaves, which we used to call Romano. We used to sell olives out of barrels, mm-hmm. which people used to stick their fingers into to sample <laughs> the pos- bone, uh, I'm sorry, the olives. <laughs> And today, you cannot do that. But those are some of the little old things that we used to do in the old days. Plus, remember, this was a family store, and we used to have charge cards or charge accounts, which everybody would shop. We used to mark it in a little book. And at the end of the week, when they got paid, they'd come in and pay their little bill and start charging again. My brother was very, very, very good at that because he loved people. Yeah. So who? So how many employees who worked in the store originally? And originally working in the store, there was my brother Joe, my brother Eddie, myself, my nephew Felix, my sister Rosalie, who just passed two weeks ago at 87, and my nephew Felix, who was only, I would say, 12, 13 years old, when he was into the business and has since now become semi-retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as far as family is concerned, I think that was about it. And, and uh, originally you also had your sister Rosalie working here say, for many years and your Aunt Bessie. That's what I said. We had my Aunt Bessie and my sister Rosalie who just passed away yeah. just two, two weeks ago. She was right. with us over 60 years. And Bessie was still capable up until the time she passed eight years ago. But they were with us a good 60 years until I retired them when it was my turn to take over the operation of the food store. So when you, so when, um, and then then you expanded into the the next building, which is now our, the Appetito classroom. Yes, uh, many years in between. Uh, I had broken away from the grocery store in 19, I can't remember exactly the date that I left the grocery store and opened up the restaurant and built a building right next door. Um, It was 1960. 1960, we built the villa, the Gloriosa Italian Villa, which was basically... 
high-class dinner time, and then after 10 o'clock at night, we went to a la carte to take care of the people. And we were very, very popular in those days. In fact, people stood in line at 2 o'clock when bars closed. <laughs> at, I mean, out the front door, I mean, they had to take turns, and we sat 140 people. Wow. And this was 2 o'clock in the morning where we served until 3 o'clock, and again, never got home till 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And prior to opening uh, the Italian Villa in 1960, you opened up uh, one of the first pizza places in the city of Milwaukee. That was 1952. In 1952, I opened up Trio's Pizza, where I start learning how to do pizzas in the back room of the grocery store in the produce department. At night, I would make dough, and I would make pizzas, and we used to call them Neapolitan pizza. They were a little six-inch pizza that was frozen. And uh, we had a good distribution of that in, in the Dutchland dairy stores many, many years ago until Uncle Sam came in and says, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. <laughs> and I was making these pizzas in the basement of the grocery store and freezing them in a refrigerator. <laughs> but we did it, but then I had to give it up because we could not do it anymore because the health department was waived. So, so let me ask you this. I've heard that, and, and no one has ever confirmed, that, confirmed this to be true. Is it true that you delivered pizza, like you were the first I was the first to pizza delivery person in the city of Milwaukee. And second person that did any delivery was Chicken Delight. He was located on Farwell Avenue. So besides Chicken Delight and Trio's Pizza, we were the first deliveries. We used to do, on an average, 100 to 200 pizzas a night. Wow. We had three, four, five drivers going, delivering all night long. It was really wonderful. Yeah, that's incredible. And there was hardly any competition, and then they all started popping up like popcorn. Yeah, of course. But that was Trio's Pizza. So, and then you also had, and then you sold frozen pizzas. As well, uh, like in, in grocery stores? Do I have that correct? We used to sell our trio's little six-inch pizzas at Dutchland Dairy stores. It was like, I think they had four or five Dutchland Dairy stores. Okay. But being new, not knowing all the laws, mm -hmm. when Uncle Sam steps in and says, hey, you got to have an inspection, right. you got to have dates, you got to have this, you got to report that, you got to keep logs. Well, I'm just one little single guy with a helper. And I right. didn't have the time to do that right. because Joe and Eddie were running the food store and I was running the pizza. But like I said, we were the second or third pizzeria in the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible information right there. So, um, okay, a uh, question I have is what what was it like for you when you were in this store, like at the holiday time, I know what it's like at the market currently at holiday time. Was it crazy in the market at holiday time? Well, let me say this. The store on Brady Street, Glorioso Brothers Company, was very small. The aisles, you couldn't pass a cart and a customer through the aisles, <laughs> and we were packed up to the ceiling. Um, yes, we were very busy. Of course, what we do in one day, we used to do in a week in the little store. Right. Because, like I <laughs> says, we were very limited. But our good customers were very heavy buyers in a lot sure. of olives, codfish, 
fresh frozen, not frozen, fresh salted salted codfish. Uh, another one is called stockfish. Um, olives out of the barrels again. Cheeses by the loaves. Yeah. Salamis by the long. I mean, just unreal. And when the Italian people and the Polish people would come, we were ready for them. And again, we'd start at 5, 6 in the morning and not go home until 10, 11 o'clock at <sighs> night. And at 16 years old, I can remember on my hands and knees, bleaching wood floors instead of mopping on my hands and knees with yeah. bleach. Yeah. And Good my floors were white. Yeah, I have no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt about that one. I am a fanatic for cleanliness. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, that's good. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to be a fanatic about, especially in this business. Um, okay, so let's talk about the villa. So you bought the little gas station next door, which is where you built the villa, right? Right. That was 1960. Okay. So Michael was born. By you. I was born in 1953, right off of Brady Street here. Uh, and so that was just about uh, a year after Dad uh, opened up Trio's Pizza right over there. And uh, then at that point in time, we lived in the apartment right, right. in back of uh, the, store. the store right here. So when did you guys move to the apartment and back here? Because when you were born, you were living back there, right? No. No, not yet? No, Michael was born on um, Warren, 1660 North Warren. Okay. Okay. Which is down at the uh, east end Just of Brady. Just two blocks south of Brady Street on Warren. Three okay. houses. I mean, three houses. I'm sorry. Three houses. Okay. And then, so when, um, by the time your dad opened up the villa, then you were a little guy. You were like seven, mm -hmm. right? Yes, I was. All right. And then you were living back there. Uh, no, but, uh, just from the not. time from I was about maybe one until I was five. Okay. And then uh, at, the, at that point, my dad moved us out to a Glendale and I... Uh, with my sisters, and we went to school out there. Okay. 1245 North River Lane, River Road. <laughs> well, my memory is good for 91. That's what your memory is great for 91. You probably know phone numbers, too. I had none of many. us do. <laughs> but again, again, remember, I fell in love at the age of 20, and my wife just turned 17. Ooh. And I met her here at the grocery store. So was she, did so she come I give into you the, the grocery store? Of my life? I want to hear that. Yes. All right. My wife was just a couple months old at seventeen, and I was twenty when we got married. Of course, things do happen, but we are going to be seventy-one years married in November. Yeah, bravo. Um, it happened that she would send a note with her sister or her brother to the store for groceries. And I would say, I can't read your writing. You'll have to come in yourself. <laughs> so when she would come in, I was very protective of her because she was a very pretty woman. It was, she still she is. She still is, yeah. Very pretty woman. And there was one little idiot on Brady Street that used to chase her and try to grab her. And when she ran into the store, I ran after him and I put him in his place. <laughs> And from that time on, we dated, and like I said, she was two weeks old, 17, and I was 20 when we got married, and that's wow. going to be 71 years this coming November. Yeah, that's a lot of history. It's not easy, but it's, it's there. That's right. That's right. All relationships aren't easy, just 
Take some work, that's all right. And if you remember where that pole is right there, yeah. right here, mm -hmm. that's where I first met her. Right on the other side was a checkout counter. Oh. Now, did she ever work in the store with you? She worked in the restaurant with me. She worked in the restaurant. Yeah, okay. she was too busy getting Michael and Terry going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so now you open up the restaurant next door. Right. So you built that. So you designed that and built that? We built that, yes. Right? Yes. At that time, it was uh, a threesome. That was Joe, Eddie, and myself that decided we should build it. Uh, Eddie was more or less the host. I was more or less the chef. Okay. And we did that for 28 years. I did it. Wow. Um, I'd go to work in a suit, shirt, and tie, and I'd end up underneath the sinks <laughs> unplugging the sewers <laughs> in a suit. Push a tablecloth on the floor and get on my hands and knees underneath the sink and open up the drains. Yeah. So it's not easy in your old, older days, older days, to make a buck. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Today, it's hard work. Today you still try to have help do it, but you end up doing it yourself because it's not the way you want That's it. right. And if you notice, I go around telling people, hey, clean that little mess up over there. Hey, get those borders all scrubbed down. And the first guy that gets ahead of it, I tell my son, Mike, this has got to be done. Dad, it's taken care of. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, Mike, I want to see it, though. <laughs> oh, so true. So now you're at the uh, so you're at the villa. So I don't know too much about the villa. I'd like to hear a few stories about those restaurant days. The restaurant days were very, very nice. They were full of fun. Most of my waitresses were with me over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I was there in the restaurant business. I think a good 28 years. Um. I ended up in the kitchen, I ended up dishwashing, I ended up hostessing. I mean, you name it, I did it. Uh, we would uh, open up at uh, basically 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I had my mother-in-law, who was one of our head waitresses. My aunt-in-law was one of our preparation cooks. And uh, we opened up, like I says, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon for... Five o'clock dinner, and uh, at ten o'clock we would break down dinners and we would go a la carte with sandwiches. And of course, anything on the menu was available. And at three, at two o'clock in the morning, which we used to call bar hour mm -hmm. or showtime. So, Michael, now you would have been so. You're growing up now in your teenage years when your dad has this restaurant. Tell us about your story during that time frame. Oh, well, the, uh, Gloriosa's Italian Villa was really a, an awesome place to be a, a young boy growing up. Uh, you know, I started out working there uh, as soon as they opened up, uh, washing dishes, busing dishes, uh, wherever I could help out, mostly on the weekends. At this point, uh, we were, uh, weren't living in this city, and so coming into the city on the weekends and uh, spending uh, overnight on the weekends <laughs> certainly didn't allow me to have any type of curfew. Uh, and so I got to run the streets pretty late at night, considering we closed at, what, 2, 3 in the morning? 3. 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, wow. So, you know, at 13 and 14, that was uh, a lot of fun. That's a lot uh, of freedom. But uh, why it was such a special place uh, is that it became uh, the place 
uh, to dine. All of the brewery executives uh, would come to lunch at Gloriosos and have their business luncheons and meetings. Uh, many it became a place for all the uh, sports figures uh, to come to dinner, uh, especially the Milwaukee Bucks, as Dad was a uh, a good friend of uh, the owner at the time, Wes Pavilon, hmm. uh, when the Bucks started. And uh, uh, even Lou Alcindor, uh, now known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. signed his NBA contract uh, at the restaurant. Um, uh, and uh, people, uh, many movie stars uh, like Jane Mansfield uh, had her uh, daughter, uh, Melissa Haggerty's 13th birthday party uh, oh. at the restaurant uh, next door. Uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, president, uh, is uh, press secretary and many members of his uh, team uh, when they were in Milwaukee, um, uh, they would stop at Gloriosos, and uh, which led uh, me to uh, get a picture signed from the president along with his I still have it, his PT-109 tie clip that says Kennedy on, wow. uh, which was given to the press secretary and then given to me. Oh. So it was just a wonderful place to grow up, uh, meet uh, sports figures, meet politicians, meet businessmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as Dad said, it had a very diverse crowd of customers, uh, not only families early in the evenings, uh, but an after-theater crowd and then a late-night crowd. And so um, it was very educational. Uh, really, uh, I think, uh, teaches uh, young people uh, a good work ethic as well as, mm-hmm. um, how can I say, the ropes. Right. Uh, and uh, and uh, really, uh, I think, uh, helps mold you into who you are later in life. Mm-hmm. You know, hardworking, respectful, understanding. Um, certainly, here we are 75 years later, and I think we are the uh, quintessential uh, diverse local business, yeah. you know, especially in this area after all these years. Yep, for sure. So, and then, um, so then the villa closed 1980? Nin- 1980, October 31st, uh, 1980. Close the doors. I got to the point where it started be- to become I can't work this day, I can't work that day, I got this problem, I got that problem, and I says to myself, you know what, I don't need this, I've got 28 years in already. Right. You know, my brothers are working the food store, so on October 31st, 1980, my brother Joe and I decided, let's lock the doors and walk away, and that's exactly what we did. And I have no regrets, but I do miss the people. Yeah, I bet. All right, so um, then that leads us, so then you, did you come back into the grocery store? So after you closed the restaurant, the grocery market's still here so going on. After I left the uh, restaurant, I was off for about a month, month and a half, two months. My brother Joe says to me, he says, of course at that time I still was not a partner. Okay. He says to me, he says, why don't you come into the store? I says, well, let me think. So in that, po- in that point, what I did was, yes, I came back into the building, and I became like a janitor, maintenance man. I just did a lot of fixing. I did all paneling. If you go up the hallways, I did all that paneling. Mm-hmm. I did all. I was pretty handy with a hammer and a, par- mm-hmm. a nail, you know, uh, so to say. Uh, so... When I did all that and I decided to come to the store, my brother says to me, he says, why don't you take over the office? I says, it's a good idea. 
So that's what happened. I so took you took over, over the books. I took over the books. I took. I did the payroll. Did that all in the restaurant. I did all the payrolls and everything in the restaurant, right. besides cooking and everything else that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I was chefing in the restaurant. Uh, so then you were upstairs. So were you upstairs where the offices now? I was upstairs in the offices like they are now. And, and I had my own little office just where the H where. Sharon is in the middle yeah. there. That was my little office. Everything else was was apartments. So then when did the gold store come into play? Gold store? When did you open that up? The gold store was part of the restaurant. Oh, really? I used to work out of the rear office. I had that big stand-up safe mm-hmm. where I used to keep jewelry in. Mm-hmm. Not much, but enough to, to just sell. get yeah. in it. And like I says, I had to take over the office. Yep. And that's where I've been. And then again, I was doing so well in the gold business that I took over one of the apartments, redecorated it, made it in a showroom. Right. And I did that for many years and still doing it today yep. in 2021. Yeah. Of course, I'm trying to phase out because it's gotten a little bit too high and I don't yeah. I don't feel like it's it's not as popular as it used to be in the seventies and early eighties where chains were very popular. Today they, they're actually really popular today among the young people, but the problem is but they can't they're, afford they're basically, it. They're basically into yeah. silver. They're not into gold. Because gold is very, very expensive yeah. today. Yeah. Well they want to be into gold. Yeah. But they can't afford to buy. I mean when I was when I was growing up I could afford I could afford to buy gold real gold earrings and chains and you know, and God no, it's expensive. But mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So the gold shop still stands. And then um we're coming into Michael's time. <laughs> Right now. So Michael left Milwaukee, and you went to college. You went to I left uh, Milwaukee when I was 18 years old uh, in 1971 and went uh, down to Tucson, Arizona, and attended uh, college at the University of Arizona in Tucson, and then uh, came back to Milwaukee uh, in 1975, got into... uh, Worked for uh, my dad uh, at the restaurant for about nine months and saved up a bunch of money. And uh, with a buddy uh, that I'd gone to high school with, bought a Jeep and moved out to Colorado and was a ski bum. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And uh, then uh, came back to Milwaukee in 1976 and with the help of uh, my family, uh, opened up a natural food store in the Prospect Mall on Prospect Avenue. And that was the second natural food store in the city of Milwaukee, way ahead of the curve. Yeah. And uh, in things like bulk fresh roasted coffee and uh, and bulk cheese, things that are very common nowadays, but that was pretty cutting edge back then. Um, Then uh, that morphed into uh, owning a a liquor store uh, in Whitefish Bay and uh, got into the wine uh, business. Uh, and then uh, eventually left Milwaukee uh, in uh, the early 80s, around 1981, mm-hmm. and went to work uh, in the corporate world for Anheuser-Busch. And you were in the corporate world then for how many years before you retired? 28 years. 28 I was in years. in the corporate world. 
had a wonderful career, uh, mm-hmm. enabled me to travel all over the world, meet some wonderful people who are still uh, dear friends uh, today, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, but never forgot my roots. And after 28 years of uh, traveling, uh, for 26 of those years, I traveled 15 days a month on an airplane. Oh, geez. And uh, like I said, it was a, a wonderful career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I miss my family. And when my parents uh, were getting into their 70s, uh, back in, uh, um, I think it was 1998, 99, I moved back to Milwaukee and retired mm-hmm. from the 28 years. Um, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do until I started uh, introducing myself and meeting new people. And the second I would say uh, my last name, Glorioso, their immediate reaction was Glorioso. And they would either ask me if I was part of the grocery store or part of the restaurant. I said, it's my family's business. Uh, my brain started clicking and I started thinking, wow, what a powerful brand they have, Gloriosos. Uh, and what uh, it stood for was quality Italian food, whether it was on the restaurant side or the grocery side. Um, and having been a brand manager for Anheuser-Busch <laughs> and uh, spending millions and millions of dollars to accomplish exactly what my family had, I thought was something that maybe... Uh, I should further investigate. So long story short is I sat down uh, uh, with dad, my uncle Joe, and and my cousin Felix, uh, and we sat down at my uncle Joe's house, and I said, what do you guys think about me joining the family business? Uncle Joe is the first to jump. He said, let's do it. (laughs) Dad had a few questions. (laughs) Do you remember uh, the questions? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) But long long story short is uh, with... uh, Dad and Uncle Joe's and the other family members and everyone who had worked here for all those years to build and establish that wonderful uh, brand, Gloriosos, uh, was easy for me then uh, to uh, take the experience and the knowledge that I had from the 28 years in the corporate world and apply it to my family's business and brand. And uh, with their blessings, with their money, with their hard work, uh, and uh, with everything that they taught me, um, we purchased the building that we're currently in across the street. And uh, in nineteen in two thousand ten, uh, we opened up the Italian market. Uh, I did work in the store that we're in the space right now for two years prior to doing that uh, mm-hmm. to kind of better understand the customers, better understand the brand, see what they were doing, and uh, so when we left here to move across the street uh there was nine family members in the business and six employees uh prior to us shutting down uh, with covid uh, we had 67 employees and five family members still involved in the business today um certainly uh we've grown dramatically uh since opening the new store um uh, we kept the original space here uh, for nine years, I kept still, from year what 2010. I kept telling Dad, "Come on, Dad, let's build, let's build a, a you know culinary center over there. Let's do a cooking school. That's what people want." And they were like, "You're crazy over my dead body." Yeah. Everybody was yelling at me. We don't need more work. I absolutely but, know that you said those words to me when I was just a customer in the store, and you talked to me about it. And I'm pretty sure over my dead body were <laughs> the words that came out of your mouth. What Michael forgets to say is. How did he get the job? He says to his uncle, he says, 
I would like to come into the business. He says, Uncle Joe, what was his answer, Mike? Come on. on. Uncle Joe, I guess, the, you tell me, I, I, from what I recall, was yes. Yes, put on an apron and go start right yeah, now. Yeah, and I said, well, no, it wasn't exactly. You're right. That's exactly what he said. He said, go put on an apron. I said, no, I wasn't really looking for a job. I had some ideas. <laughs> so so somewhere in between, it, it started to come together, okay? Uh, but you're right there. That's exactly what he said. How did, um, you, how did you feel, Teddy, when he approached you with this? To me, it doesn't matter. I had so many things going. Remember, in 1970, in the 70s, I was making lots of money in the gold business. Right, right. So I was concentrating, and I was just picking up the pieces from the store financially. That's what I was doing. Right, right. I was doing the book work and doing all the uh, financial work for the grocery store, deposits and all that, insurances and so forth. Sure, sure. Uh, But I was concentrating more on the gold business, which belonged to me alone, personally. Right, right. Because as I went to my brother Joe, and I said, Joe, look, I'm making a good buck. I said, you want to be my partner? He said, no. Nah. He says, keep it for yourself. But I bet he could have kicked himself in the butt yeah. <laughs> because I was doing very, very well in the gold business. Yeah. So, then, very- so then Michael comes into the business. So you worked for a couple years here in this space, mm-hmm. getting to know the store, the customers, the regulars, and I understand that the current store was was it? A, it wasn't the pharmacy then. It was uh, was it? It was a, the Brady Street Pharmacy. It yes, was the Brady was. Street uh-huh. Pharmacy. So you had a so you had to take that building over then, Michael, and you really started from scratch, scratch, right? Uh, worse than from scratch because <laughs> uh, you know when you when you build from scratch. You do it the way you want it. Right. When you have an existing, uh, you know, 100-year-old building, Mm -hmm. uh, you work around what you have uh, to work with. So it's pretty challenging. uh, But here we are. And, uh, you know, we're looking towards the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. So, yeah. So um, my my question would be how... How has clientele changed? Like, what have you seen, Teddy, over the years? Like, people are different now. I mean, I know we still have our regulars that come in. There's a few uh, old Italian women in the neighborhood that come in and men. Yes, but you see, what we have today, you have your millenniums. you got your young crowd anywhere from 20 years old to all the way to 40 years old. I mean, uh, I look at all the, the, the – when I sit here on a Sunday afternoon, I see these people coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm really – surprised but i guess it's something that the neighborhood needed mm-hmm. the neighborhood has supported us very well um the old italians are not here anymore the person that would buy the olives out of the barrel the pieces the whole forms of cheese the cases of tomato paste uh, just all all the different types of purchasing that they used to do in the old days, which is not happening today. Today, everything is cut up. Everything is priced. Everybody goes like this. They want to see what the price is. They put it down. It's too much money, you know. Mm-hmm. I see that happen all the time. But, but I look and I see why. I just saw that this afternoon. A guy picks up a package of cheese. He turned around, looked at the bottom. He put it down. But he picked up five different types of cheeses where he could have had it all underneath the one, right. one thing was one all wrapped, <laughs> and, I, and I believe, I didn't get a chance to go over and look at it, was cheaper than the five pieces that he bought <laughs> right. separate, and he had it all in one package for yeah. a different price. But that's the type of purchasing mm-hmm. that people are doing today. They're not doing the old, 
I can remember at 17 and 18 years old driving truck, at 16 years old driving truck. I can remember at 12 years old driving truck, delivering 100-pound bags of flour, cases of oil, mm-hmm. 96 6-ounce cans of uh, tomato paste to people in the neighborhood, all the little Italian homes. I mean, I can remember all those days. That's right. why my back is off today. But <laughs> I can remember when we opened up the store, we had a lot of wholesale accounts. And I would leave at 12, 1 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and come home back to the store at 6, 7 o'clock, delivering all over the city of Milwaukee hmm. to all the Italian families, all the way out to Tippecanoe, which was on the other side of Mitchell Airport. Mm-hmm. I mean, and all the way out to 50th and, and uh, Wisconsin Avenue, the ploppers. I remember, I remember all those customers. But those were all different type of people buying. Today right. we don't have that. Yeah. We don't have that. Yeah, and I mean, people when you went to the butcher shop, you wanted two steaks, he cut them for you right away. You wanted a pound of hamburger, boom, chopped meat, and cut, grounded right away. Today, they want it all done, packaged up. They want to take it home. They want it cooked. They want to just heat it up. I mean, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I understand it wholeheartedly, but it's not what it was in our old days. Right, right, sure. Well, I I think that um, I've having had the opportunity now to work in the store, um, since we reopened in June after COVID, I, I've really appreciated getting to know the people that come in. And when we reopened, I could not believe the outpouring, I mean, of greeting people. And people were so thankful that we were open again. And people still say that. They thank us for keeping them safe. They thank us, you know, they always say, are you guys doing okay? God, we'd hate for you to shut down again. It was horrible when you guys weren't open. I really saw that. I just had a customer lady that I was talking to in the store before we came over here. And she says, hi, I haven't seen you in a long time. And I explained to her why. I says, I had a little ice accident, Mm -hmm. and it really knocked me out. I says, it put me away for the last 13 months. I says, but I'm here today. Thanks to my son. He picks me up every afternoon on Sunday. She says, well, I want to thank you for being here in the neighborhood because we really need you. She said, not only that, she says, I've been trading here now for a lot of years, and a lot of my tenants are all coming here, and I just thanked her a million times yeah. for just being our customer. Yeah, absolutely. So, Michael, how has it been for you the last 10, 11, 11 years now, being in the store now? It's uh, It's been awesome. Uh, you know, uh, to spend 28 years on the corporate side with a suit and tie, and then come back to 1946 when I walked in to uh, <laughs> the doors of uh, the original store 12 years ago. Uh, and then to see now where we are 12 years later is couldn't be uh, any more uh, rewarding for me. Um, the uh, really cool thing is, is that uh, it, the, uh, the brand uh, that the family created for the 64 years before I got here uh, with their hard work and their mission of providing the best quality Italian food available to our to our customers um, uh, still carries through in the store today. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing that we're more proud of uh, in the new store is that we've been able to keep that family feel uh, to the store. Uh, I think that comes through treating uh, not only our uh, employees like family mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and sincerely caring about them uh, and doing things to let them know that we do um, carries over to our customers. You know, uh, 
people can feel that, see that, sense that when they're in the store. Uh, and I think that's uh, really uh, the one thing that uh, our family should be proud of is that we have created not just a grocery store, but a place for people to come back to, to meet, uh, to share their heritage, to talk about the old times, mm -hmm. uh, to reminisce. Uh, and I think that instills uh, nothing but good feelings, and, and we've been able to do that. Um, so despite the uh, continued uh, growth and all the fun and cool things that we continue to do and look forward to doing going forward, um, that I think is the most important thing. And, and that is going to be challenging to, uh, to try to keep that uh, feel going forward. Yeah. But you've done a really good job of that. I, I've never felt more at home in a, in a place of work ever well, in my whole life. I mean, well, I, I, I walk in those doors and I feel like it's my, it's, it doesn't feel like work. I can't wait to see everyone, all my peeps at work and, you know, see how everyone's doing. And there's not a lot of places. I, I really feel like you really feel like that. Like you go and you at work, but you, and you enjoy yourself well, and you enjoy the people that come in. Um, and that is thanks to you. It comes from the top down. Well, I really sure. want to thank a lot of my employees personally. And I try to do that. And I try to come around to see who's who and, how long they've been here. Uh, and, and let me say this. Every night I pray for every one of my customers. Yeah. Those that hate me and those that love me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yep. So, um, boy, I don't know. Did we cover everything? I think so. Is that a good trip down memory lane? about our lane? future? Don't you want to know about what we're doing? Yes, of course. Jeez. That's how we, that's we're talking what we about always all this old talk stuff. about. Jeez. About the future. About some new. Michael, uh, you tell us about you know, our future. You know, we're... Uh, when we were forced to close down uh, in March due to COVID, uh, Appetito had really taken off. Mm -hmm. And uh, people, uh, you know, now everybody's a foodie since the Internet and has all this uh, information available at their fingertips. And that couldn't have played better for us. Yeah. Uh, but Appetito, with hands-on culinary experiences across food and beverage <coughs> platforms, is really uh, going to uh, explode when we can get back to doing that. Um, we know that. Yep. We're going to continue to... Uh, go down that path. And uh, in the short term, these podcasts, webinars, virtual classes that we're doing are also gaining in popularity. So I don't think that that's going to go away. I think we're going to continue uh, to do that. Um, we also see uh, opportunities uh, to grow the brand, uh, possibly through some wholesale uh, opportunities. Um, you know, Gloriosos isn't just recognized here locally in Milwaukee, but after winning the 2020 uh, best culinary grocery store in America from Progressive Grocer, um, I think we have a lot to build on. And so uh, we're excited. we got a great team. You we know, do it, have it, a great it isn't team. A, about uh, our family. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. we're kind of more on the sidelines right now managing than we are doing. Uh, but we just have a great team of dedicated people. Um, so things are going to be good. It's going to be a great future. And I'm very happy to be a part of it. Again. I want to thank everybody for who they are and what they are and why they are with us. And they, again, I can't, I can't knock any of our employees because when I come down here on Sunday, all my brother, my brother, I'm sorry, my son says, Dad, Dad, 
cover your face, God, your nose. <laughs> I, I, I can't put up with that, but I do it because he's on my tail all the time. Well, right. you don't have much choice, Dad, because right. you don't get to come down here unless that's, I pick you that's up. That's what I'm saying. Right. And if you don't listen, I don't pick you up. <laughs> but they won't let me drive that's him. My poor car you. sits in the garage, brand new. That's you know, it hasn't had a mile put on there in, in the last 13 months. Let me know when you're selling it. Maybe I'll buy it. <laughs> I, there's so many people that want it. But I keep that as a spare for my son and my daughter. So. Well, this has been really, really special. Um, thank you so much for both of you for sitting down. Seriously, this is this is quite an honor. Um, I am, like I said, I'm blessed to be part of this family for sure. And uh, I look forward to our future when we get back in the classroom, we get back to hands-on. We'll have a lot of fun. In the meantime, a happy anniversary. Congratulations to 75 years. That's something. So what do we say? Ciao for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.